This is Heart of the Matter, where we do all we can to worship God in spirit and in truth. We're wrapping up this, uh, this approach of Heart of the Matter after 11 years by doing interviews and have the blessed opportunity of having Cassidy, my middle daughter, here with us. Let's begin with a prayer. Cassidy, you say it. Lord, we're so grateful to be here together. Uh, grateful for all the people here, all the help that we have every week and just bless that you be with us tonight and uh we praise your name always in jesus name amen amen thanks uh remember tuesday night, october 31st we're celebrated as halloween we are launching our bold new format of heart of the matter uh that night uh, for a couple reasons we'll announce it then we're also going to be launching out a new show at that time uh, tune in and hear what we're doing and why and if you have nothing else to do if you live in the area come join us we'll have candy and and Halloween whatever here uh, for people and uh, so we'd love to have you here uh, join us last week we did my uh, interviewed my dad and then my mom before that and then a few weeks before that uh, we did Delaney and uh, we have Mallory coming up but uh, there's this is exciting because uh, Cassidy has been so uh, deeply involved with the ministry for a decade, uh, 10 years of her life, she's been here with us uh, in the trenches with me. We have lived together for 10 years uh, after she graduated from high school. So a uh, lot of memories. She and I can laugh our brains out at things that have happened in the ministry. Um, but <laughs> because there is so much BS in religious programming, we try really hard to be as transparent as possible. And I've never tried to hide the fact that I was once one seriously messed up individual. And I can't tell you how grateful I am that the, by the grace of God, he has saved me from that life. Um, when Cassidy was about four years old, I was seeing a psychologist and a psychiatrist for some of the insaneness that was going on. Her name was Fran, and uh, she was from New York. And uh, I went to Fran one afternoon after watching my two daughters, Delaney wasn't born yet, and I expressed some concerns about being their father, that I was going to um, really mess them up or whatever, you know, and so I was afraid they were gonna turn out like me. And Fran, this native New Yorker, she says, Sean, first. <laughs> This is exactly how she talks. Who better to guide these girls than someone who understands them? That's you. So you gotta be their dad. And second, that second one, that little one, she's gonna turn out to be your best buddy. Just wait and see. And it was true. She was right. And Cassidy has uh, been a great buddy of mine. We talked about Delaney, I didn't know her as well, and she and I have worked through that because I was gone so much as she grew up. But I've had the blessed opportunity to know Cassidy uh, very intimately. She knows the good, bad, and ug ugly about this guy. And uh, I pretty much know the good, bad, and ugly about her as well. And she um, has mad, mad, skills of intuition um she has like a bs barometer inside of her especially she's like a vulcan 
and especially like uh, religious BS. She hones into that. It's religious buffoonery she gets. She loves God and uh, dearly, intimately. So tonight we get to talk to Cassidy. Go back, earliest memory, uh, your religious experiences, what it was like growing up in the LDS church. Um, I loved it. I really loved it. And um, I've always been very sensitive to everything and probably overly sensitive. Um, so I remember having a sensitivity with God, I think. Um, not even knowing if it was God, though. I think I was just very sensitive. And maybe I, that was God, but at the time I just feel like I have seen things differently than a lot of people from a very young age, I remember. But that being said, even though I saw through things like the Mormon church, I loved it. Yeah. And I feel like, um, I feel like I should be a bit sensitive saying that I'm grateful that I grew up in it because I know a lot of people spent a lot of their lives in it and a lot put a lot more resources into it than I did. I was I was out early. I didn't raise my family in it. All these things that I personally feel very grateful to have been raised in the LDS church for uh, various reasons. You're you're a huge people person when you were young. I mean, always been interested in people. In fact, going to grandma and grandpa's house as a five-year-old, the first thing you did was sit down and read People magazine. Yeah. I mean, you, you are all about people. You're still about people. You, you love to investigate. You love to know what's going on with them. So the Mormon church would probably be a very good thing for a young kid because it is so people-oriented, right? It was fantastic. It was yeah. like... I'm almost bummed that my kids won't have the same experience. Ooh, we'll have to come back to that. Talk about that. Yeah, because it was so great. And yeah. it was really, really, really fun and mm -hmm. hard to leave mm -hmm. in a lot of respect. But I say I'm grateful that I, I was raising it. One, because it was a lot of fun. It was a great childhood, things like that. But I'm also very grateful because I'm now, and I said this on Earl's show, but I think it's an important point, that I'm now able to view God completely out of a religious context. Mm. I do not view him religiously at all. Mm. And I feel like that's because I was raised Mormon and coming out of that, I had no background of like a, a traditional Christian church that taught you the things of the Bible, you know, things like that. I came from this like, you know, different yeah. religion that, mm. and now that's such a blessing to me to not have that foundation mm -hmm. You know, I know so many people close to me who can't, who were raised in that and can't differentiate God from hell or sin or mm -hmm. religion, and mm -hmm. I'm able to. And mm -hmm. I think that's largely because of of my childhood. Awesome. So uh, I'm going to jump ahead because of some really interesting things you're saying. You're going. You're going to be married in November, yes. and God willing, you'll have children. Yes. So how, how, knowing the social benefits of organized religion, if it's not Mormonism, the other churches often have good programs too, not as, not as good as the Mormons probably, but they have good programs. Uh, what are you and Matt, how do you think that will go? Because I know you don't want to 
expose no. them to religiosity. I don't, and we've talked about it. And I don't think it's, you know, I would, I think I'd want to expose them to every, we literally talked about it and I said we should take them to a different church every, a different di church. Mm. I mean, a temple, mm. a Jewish temple, you know, all different kinds of things mm -hmm. and come back and talk about, and you've said that before, mm -hmm. talk about the differences of, you know, mm -hmm. talk about what Jesus says, mm -hmm. give them that foundation of, of God and, you know, things like that, but that they have to come to it on their own terms because, you know, Matt's story too. It's just like you can't, I don't want to, I have trouble even talking about God with, with kids mm -hmm. because probably too, you know, mm -hmm to too much of an extent, I just worry. Mm -hmm. You know, you want, you don't want to indoctrinate them. What have you seen uh, in, in Mormonism with the kids you grew up with and now looking at them and in the Christian church with the people who were raised Christian and now are your age, what have you seen in, in your life that's happened to them? A lot of it is the same thing. Mm. A lot of it, I mean, it's religion is religion. Mm you know and it's not it's not viewed that way it's not viewed that, that just because it's a christian church and it, maybe it's teaching the jesus of the bible mm -hmm. it still is attached to so much law mm. and i feel like if you believe that jesus is coming back that's how it how it should be mm. i mean like there is things if you're waiting on him there are things you know so it i feel like it's i've seen a lot of uh, I've seen a lot of Mormons remain Mormon and still be in that, seen a lot of Christians remain Christian and all about that, but a lot come out and are messed up from both of them and, mm -hmm. you know, it's a, it's a, it's a crapshoot, mm -hmm. but you're dealing with the same principles really. Yeah. And if you just straight up deal with, with at all sides, mm -hmm. this is what we're looking at, you know, you decide yeah. is what I would I hope I'm so scared to have kids. <laughs> I'm terrified. It's like oh, the the state of the world. And you're prepared. Yeah. You 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 have a PhD in uh, in uh, raising them with healthy ideals about God, but not destroying them. I think. Uh, so junior uh, junior high and high school, uh, I was doing my gig with coming out around your high school years, and uh, you had a lot of friends in the church. You're life revolved around LDS church activities. Mm -hmm. Steak dances all over the countryside. So fun. Your core friends from the steak. Yeah. And what's happened with those friends? It, 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 during that time of your life, you think these bonds will never end. Yeah. But have they? They have, for the most part. Um, it's funny though, if people know that you've left, certain people will come like I've had, I had one kid come and tell me he was gay, mm. and um, or just different. I don't know if I believe they feel comfortable to tell you, mm. but for the most part, I feel like a lot of people go through that. If I don't know, and then once they realize, no, I got to stick through it, you're pretty much done. But yeah. I'm friends like on Instagram and stuff, and oh. it seems like we're friendly and things like that. But it's not the same, mm -hmm. and that's a loss. That is a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. For, for kids, mm -hmm. you know. Any insight to parents, that's their greatest worry when they're thinking perhaps of maybe not remaining active in the Mormon church. Uh, any insight that you would give them relative to their kids? Oh my gosh. The, 
put them first. Mm. Put them first. Mm. I'm gonna get emotional. Can you hand me a tissue? That's what my parents did. You know, where they both just thought so, they were so polar in their thinking. But my parents put us, us first. My mom supported us with my dad and my dad supported us with my mom. And that is just so valuable. Mm. You know, I think people, we see so many people who worry that they're not stick, sticking up for God or they mm. need to, you know, speak their mind and make a stand. And it's like, no, you need to be there for your kids mm. and trust that God is working because mm. he is. Good advice. Yeah, we, you, you have been involved in the ministry with the emails in addition to doing all the audio video work that we've had over the years, but um, reading those, the, the concern is how do I, and then you'll see sometimes the parents come back and say, I just couldn't stand it, I had to, and then you read a few months later, we're getting divorced. Yeah. Could you think of anything that God would want less than than it would be for a couple to divorce i know it's just <laughs> horrible yeah but they don't and you, they want an answer yeah. and to you tell them wait on god he will work he will work he is working mm -hmm. but it's hard to trust in that and so you think i need to do something i need to act i need to and i felt like you guys are really good at just you know, being and and having your thoughts and it was just, I I don't know how I'm, I'm sure it was God, but yeah. it was God for my mom who was a stalwart Mormon, and it was God for my dad who had left it. So yeah. it's not, he's there for everybody, and yeah. you just wait on him, and you know, it's worth it. Amen. Yeah. So you, after high school, uh, you took a journey. Um, mm -hmm to Europe with your older sister and you toured around Europe, you did the Eurorail thing and you slummed it and lived in the hostels and got bed bugs and, and whatever it was. What happened there? Punched in the face. Punched in the, you got punched in the face in Rome. I got punched in the face in Rome. Mm -hmm. By a man. I, I had a, oh, it sounds so crazy to say, but I had a premonition that it was gonna happen. Mm. like. That's that intuition. Minutes before it happened, I was told like something bad is gonna happen, and it did. Hmm. And God was just—I remember before I was 18, I you know was still doing the Mormon thing, kind of, but not really believing in it. I had a boyfriend and was guilty over things with, with that, and just was confused. But I wanted to know God because my dad knew God and I knew he did and I just was I was wanting that and before I left I think I said you know show me who you are or something to that effect and he did I mean that entire trip was hell it was just so brutal hmm. but through that I came out knowing who he was yeah and it was amazing to come home and <laughs> tell my dad who had faced so much crap, you know, from people and 
was just it was doing the show and you know I'm sure you felt like we didn't understand anything that was going on and to be able to tell him like I'm born again and I want to be in Utah with you and all these things that were just really things special that was a remarkable morning yeah I'll it. never forget it right by where you're gonna live I know right yeah there. Yeah. They just got an apartment, she and her husband-to-be, and uh, it's right over by this restaurant. I picked her up from the airport, and uh, we went and sat, and she told me that she had had a, uh, a life-changing event in Europe uh, with God, and her heart had been changed. And uh, So you come out here, and on we go. What have you learned? What have you seen? What, what, what? What lessons have played a big role in your mind in dealing with people in ministry? What, what, do you have any, just let the Spirit tell you, do you have any central themes that you've seen that you've said, okay, I've, I have to remember this, I've got to learn from this? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Show's yours. Oh, um... You see me change. Yeah, I think that, uh, I don't know. We have met so many people, so many people in and out. And ministry teaches you what people are about, teaches you what people are about. And it teaches you to have to deal with people and lovingly and you know it is a challenge it has been the challenge of my life on top of just being in ministry to have you as my dad and everything that's happened it's been hard it has been hard but i think the greatest thing i've learned is like my, my born again experience was an experience that I'll never forget and it changed my life, but I'm not today who I was then. Mm. I've grown, I'm growing every day, I'm changing every day. You know, the ministry has changed, mm -hmm. you've changed. Mm -hmm. And that is a beautiful thing. Mm. We were, I was a seed back then that mm. God just, you know, came into my life. I was a seed and he's just been watering <laughs> and I've been growing. And that is what Christianity is, mm. is growing in God mm. and learning to love. It is not a stagnant point in time. It is not it is not continuing to do the same thing over and over again mm. and listening to people. And it is growing in God mm. where he wants you to be. You're the fullest you can be. Mm. And that is so remarkable. I've, I've seen it in myself. I've seen it in our family, in the ministry, in the people who come, mm. the people we've met whose eyes are open and it's not, you know, I think it's so funny that people say, go back to, go back to, 
to when you were bashing the Mormons and <laughs> you know that you were so great and you had calls and uh, it's just like hey why would you still want to be doing that that's just a outside of it I mean people let's go you know bands yeah. change like there is such a thing as evolving yeah that's a B who you are now they want you to stay in that in the flesh mm -hmm. they want you to stay in that place of of anger and mm -hmm. and i'm gonna get back you know mm -hmm. they don't see and, and and now you're not a christian because yeah. you <laughs> now you're going to hell <laughs> it is unbelievable mm. it's unbelievable to know your heart for god to know my heart for god and have people think that we're going to go to hell mm. and it makes me think you know we might say that about that jew or mm -hmm. that hindu I, we don't know anything mm -hmm. we do not know mm -hmm they do not know mm. what is in is in your heart mm. anyone's heart you know people come you don't you it's unbelievable people the people that you would never never think you know would never think are are uh, would love god love him the most like mm. you said the smell i mean it's just everything is backwards mm -hmm. Isn't it funny? It's so funny, and it's hard to explain, you know? It's hard to explain. But the thing is, I understand, because when you were at that place where we're bashing Mormons or whatever, your heart was in the right place then. Mm. You had the heart to help the Mormons. So I have to remember that about these Christian guys who are condemning you to hell because right. they think that you're really going to hell. Right. They want to save you from that. And their intention, I have to trust that God is working in them like he's working in me and everybody else. And that, that's been the hardest part. The Mormon thing was really fun and funny and things like that. But then once we turned and we were faced with, with the, the Christian uh, elite, oh man. Mm. I almost lost, I almost lost faith altogether. Mm. I was, what is this crap? They make the Mormons look like oh, uh, I know. pushovers. They make the Mormons, <laughs> I would gladly have dinner with the, I mean, it's, un they are terrifying. Yeah. There's terror, it's like Salem witch trial burned at the stake. Yeah. And I've made a fool of myself on this show numerous times, but you know, it's tough. It is tough to see people just rip someone you love apart, let alone someone who has a heart for God. It's just like, I'm not, I can't put up with that. But it's a learning and growing experience for everybody. It is. Yeah. I just rambled, I'm so sorry. You didn't ramble I at all. Scrambled, I scrambled. You, you didn't think you had anything to say, but you had quite a bit. I did. Yeah, you've learned a lot. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, sorry. You're talking about being a seed and then growing in God. Can, and I'm not putting any words in your mouth. I know what I think, and you, but you have been in this 10 years now involved in actual ministry. Mm -hmm. What have you done to make your growth so good? Or what has, what has happened that where God has grown you? How does he do it? Everyone thinks, okay, I'm going to perfect myself now. No, it's not that. What is it? Tell, tell us what it is. Perfection. It's, it's learning to die to yourself. It's, it's loving 
it's... Sometimes when you don't want to? Yeah, it's, it's nothing that I'm doing. Yeah. It's, not, it's nothing that it's, oh, you do this and you're gonna grow and go. It's not like that. But if I, no, things I notice in myself Mm-hmm. that his spirit is is changing in me mm. um, continuing to be in the Bible mm. um, just giving it to him mm. letting go really just like truly saying I'm gonna walk by faith mm. that whatever is going to happen he is in charge. Mm. He's behind it. And That's hard to slowly, do. Isn't it? Yeah, but it yeah, it's it's through the ch- it's so cliche, but it's through the challenges of mm. like okay, you're going to have to deal with this person. What are you going to do? Mm. And it's just that constant like pruning mm. of, you know, and he gets you to that core of, you know, this is what it's about. Mm. And it's beautiful. Mm. It is a beautiful thing to I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. This is a beautiful thing. It's beautiful to know him mm. in a way that you know, you never think you could. That is outside of any religion, any any law, any practice, any anything. It is he is there. He's huge. That mm. he is right here. Mm. <laughs> it is beautiful. Mm. Well, it's beautiful for me as your dad to hear his daughter share these these uh, thoughts about God because to me you're, you're nailing it on the head this is what we all seek is to know that beauty of God uh, intimately and outside of what religion demands been very fortunate we have God has blessed our family mightily he has and like you said it's through the trials and difficulties but he has blessed us greatly Yes. You made a comment that's interesting to me, and I understand what you mean by it when you said, I'm kind of bummed that I won't raise my kids in it. Yeah. Tell us about the trade-off. Where, we know that physically, materially, religiously, boy, it's fun to be a Mormon. You got the road shows and the basketball and the dances, mm-hmm. and the, it's just a great thing, you know. And, but what's the trade-off, and, and why is it worth it? Why won't you? Uh, without disrespect to the LDS uh, church, but why won't you and Matt raise your kids Mormon? Um, To be honest, I think it's good to suffer a little bit Hmm. and have to really face what everything is about. I don't want my kids to be placated mm. by anything. Mm. I want them to have to realize this is my life and I want to know what it's about. Mm. And that's harder to do when you're, you know, distracted by mm. by 
fun religion or whatever. And then on top of that, and that's when I think God really reaches you, mm. is through that existential, I know he did for me, of like, you know, just t showing you who he is. Mm. And they can form their own, their own thoughts, their own opinions. That's so important. I don't want, you know, I want them to question. I want them to be challenged, you know. Mm. And it is tough. After I was born again, I went through the hardest time of my life. Mm. The hardest time, the darkest time, you know, of just what is happening. Mm. But that's when that growth happened. That's when the growth happens, mm. is through the suffering of, you know, continue, continuing to just trust. Mm -hmm. The trade-off, I mean, obviously the Mormon church is great, but the trade-off is freedom. Mm. Um, you know, to be an individual, but in a body of believers that is unlike anything else. Mm. To be able to connect with like a fellow believer who just gets it is the best thing ever. Mm. And, you know, I want that for my kids. Mm. Yeah. Matt is gonna freak out. We've said five years till kids. <laughs> He's gonna be like, ah. What are if we you're doing? watching, Matt, <laughs> <laughs> clock is a ticking. Uh, what else? What else? What time are we at? We got a half hour. Cassidy's the only person to ever host the show. There were two times when I got uh, waylaid by life. Uh, we were going live here on TV in the state, and once I got trapped in a Del Taco because the place was being held up, <laughs> and the cops wouldn't let us leave. And the second time, uh, I was getting a ticket. That's what he gets. He goes there five minutes before the show's about to start. You have a, we have a crowd full of people. We have people visiting from Spain. I mean, it just was, the, the TV 20 days were honestly, you guys. Hilarious. Could, yeah, you just can't. And like, just the, the accusations of the money that we get. There's so much money in t I mean, the cars my dad drives is just, and has always driven. It's unbelievable. That's what I'm saying. It's, you know. It's very different from what people yeah, think. People, it's just so funny. It's really funny. We have unbelievable car stories in ministry. We've unbelievable. You wouldn't believe them. God exists because we're not dead by all the cars that we've, they have been horrible. We get cars donated to us and when times got really tough for a while, when we, we just went through a really tough time financially, we had a van where the driver's seat didn't have, the back was all the way back, it didn't come up. So you had to drive it like this. We had a car, a Jeep, that if you hit a bump, it was, we called it the death rattle. It would go like this. 
and it's swerving and and, and you have to hold on for dear life i could not control that car it was with horrible. all my strength i couldn't hold that wheel still we called it and we we could come over that did you hit the did you get the death rattle yeah we had a car catch on fire, <laughs> on fire, and I drove down into our apartment complex, the car was coming up, and the guy goes, dude, your car's on fire. <laughs> he drives down. I drive all the way down and park spot. it in our spot. Yeah, because why would he not do that? Okay. And it completely engulfs in flames. The whole apartment complex is emptying out into the street. The doors are automatically shutting. The lights are going off. There are seven fire trucks, cops everywhere. I burst into the apartment and Cassidy's laying on the couch. <laughs> Cassidy, there's a fire. I'm pretty sure I was watching Seinfeld. She was watching Seinfeld. Was very and she goes, do you have something to do with this? <laughs> I swear to you, I heard the sirens and I thought, my dad has that intuition again. My dad has something to do with this. And he did. He runs in. The whole place is vacated. The alarms are going off and she's sitting watching. She doesn't even get moved. Yeah. The car stories. I feel blessed. The thing, the thing is, I feel blessed because I think a lot like my dad. I understand concepts that he presents with ease. I really do. And I, sometimes I worry because I think, is it because he's my dad and I, you I'm know, leading you down the primrose yeah, path. Yeah, you just wonder. You should wonder. But at the same time, it, I just, grasp it and understand it so it it's been really a blessing to be taught by you and like because you see scripture as I see it or you see God as I see God and you know we have our differences and different social things or whatever mm -hmm. but that's been a huge blessing what are some uh, highlight changes that have happened that you that you have like oh I get that Preterism is a big one. Those of you at home who don't know what that is and what she's talking about, preterism is, means um, it's, a, it's the fulfillment. And, and so what Cassidy's talking about is we believe the Bible has been fulfilled. It was written for those people then. Uh, Jesus' second coming was then, as he promised it would be, that all the apostles taught he was coming back then. And so that we read the Bible today to learn its spiritual principles for us. And that it's, it is the Word of God. It is the living Word of God. We trust it, but we just don't think it has material application to us uh, as much anymore. It had for them. It doesn't for us. It has spiritual application for us now. And so you went from learning about uh, futurist eschatology where Jesus is coming back. We're waiting for him. He's coming back at any time. And, and now you have come to uh, believe that he, it's all fulfilled and we're living our lives. But yet, let me ask you, and I've never asked you this, I think, what do you think when you see what's going on around the world after having learned preterism? Yeah. Well, <laughs> my future husband would say, this has always been happening. We just didn't know about it. Uh, now we have the, uh, which I'm thinking, well, maybe, but... I don't know. It's getting pretty gnarly where you're thinking it, it does. I, under, I understand people. Yeah. 
you know, being having the urgency about it or whatever. But no, the I think that's really changed the game for me. Mm. Is I mean, you could argue it doesn't change a lot or whatever, but I really think it. I think it completely shifts your perspective mm -hmm. of things. Yeah. On everything, on yeah. people, on it's just so different. Mm -hmm. It's so different. That's been a really big, a, a great one. That was a game changer for me. Yeah, game changer for you, sure. You see everything differently. You just see it. Yeah, it's like being born again. Yeah, really. It You're is. Just like that is, and it's amazing when you go back and read scripture. How did I not see this before? Yeah. yeah. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Every time I read now, I think. It, it something is is presented where you're just like that, you know. Yeah. You just see see it differently. Let me ask you this: since we have a relationship, we understand each other well, and I get your advice and have in the ministry. So, do you think it's possible that, like you were talking about, you grow, and we don't criticize people who are maybe younger in the faith who are yelling, "You're going to burn in hell," because mm -hmm. we were once there, yeah, and they're sure. going to grow. Yeah. Do you think God has set it up that way for the Bible to read to people who want to see futurism, to see futurism? Those who have the eyes to see preterism will see fulfillment? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes, 100%. Like we've said, it, it forces you to love, really. Yeah. It does is, you know, are you gonna do what you've been told? And But I do this, this uh, stupid wine painting with oh. my friends. It's very fun, but it's just like one of the you know, stupid things. You drink wine, and then and and a woman has her picture, and it's like 50 women in the room, and you go, and she tells you how to paint the picture, and she'll go through. I mean, the color, the brush size, how everything, everything, the the uh, thickness of the line. I mean, everything to, to get you to have this picture of a tree or some holiday thing. So all these women are doing it. You get the exact same instruction. And at the end of the thing, every single person's picture looks different. Every person's picture looks like noticeably different. And different from hers, everybody's is different. Isn't that fascinating? It's unbelievable. And it, it's, I think that's how God works. I, I you know, I, we've talked about Christian artists which isn't something that really gets talked about, seeing God in an artistic way. Mm -hmm. That's how I see God though, as and how he sees, God is objective truth, God is truth. Right. But how he relates to us and how, how he's made us so subjectively, individually, we think different, we see differently. Yeah. That is so purposeful. Yeah. And like, and beautiful. And beautiful, yeah. It's beautiful that every woman's picture looks different. Yeah. How can that be? We're getting the, we have the same tools, we're getting the same instruction at the same time. I mean, everything is the same other than just we are different. Fascinating. Yeah, and I think that God works like that. And it's, and that, yeah, and you know, it's, it's hard when I see people claiming to know God who aren't showing love. Mm. I have a hard time with that, because mm. I'm just like, well, then what are you doing? Mm. You know, we're called to love. Mm. But I have to trust that he, you know, somebody could have said that about me. Someone can say that about me. Mm -hmm. I'm not, it's not for us to judge or look that's into. That's part of the love. That's part of it, yeah. 
So to have the difference, the differences bring on the suffering, bring on the growing, mm. and bring on the love for each other. Mm. And yeah. It's if we all agreed and all painted the same picture, how, you wouldn't. Ha you'd never grow in love. No. You. How could you? Yeah. And you know. I don't. I think God sees beauty in our differences. I mm. think he's, he, it's purposeful. Now, Look at what he's created. Look right. at what he's made. He's not a despot who wants it one certain way. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm just. No, but you're bringing up great points. Let me ask you, what do you think it is using the art illustration and applying it to religious people that makes someone want to go around and make everybody's picture exactly the same? No, 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 that doesn't look like that. Fix that, fix that. No, 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 that one needs to look like, fix that, fix that. Everyone needs to look exactly the same. What is it in the human psyche, their motivation? What is it that people want everyone, when it comes to religion or God, to think exactly the same? I think it's fear. Fear. I think yeah. it's fear that what they have isn't right, or that it's fear that somebody straying will call, I, it's just, I don't know what it's fear of, but I think it's fear, it's fear-based. Millions of people have lost their lives mm. to religious infighting. Yeah. Been killed over religion. Yeah, because yeah. of fear. Yeah. Which leads to control. Yeah. And that. Is antithetical to antith love. Yeah, it is. Fear is the opposite of love. Hmm. I think that you know, and, and it's hard. But you know, I gotta understand that it's probably really hard for these people who see God in such a specific way to hear that, you know, somebody is claiming Jesus, but they don't believe that there's an eternal hell mm -hmm. forever and ever. Yeah. That would probably really put a stone in their shoe or whatever the phrase is. So you have is. empathy for them. Yeah, you have to understand it. I'm, mm. trust me, I'm, I'm the person who has the hardest time with that, but I have to tell myself that because what am I doing if I don't, you know, if I'm not practicing what, but I do think people have a harder time with, with Christian artists or something. I don't mm -hmm. know what it is. Way too liberal. Yeah, I think Way they just liberal. don't like it. So here on this stage, and, and you brought this up so I can bring it up, we've had a few people who are uh, almost consummate uh, objectivists when it comes to God. Mm -hmm. Matt Slick, mm -hmm. he will tell you, I know the answer to that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we he, love Matt, but he, he, will, he, has. he will tell yeah. you, I know the answer. <laughs> Wait, let me tell you, I know the answer. And, uh, and, and Jason Wallace, we don't ever talk about these guys, and I'm not speaking badly of them, but we've had some heated moments with Jason. Yeah. Jason is another, he's an Orthodox Presbyterian, Calvinist. I mean, you don't get more linear, narrow, down the nose thinking than you do a five point Calvinist. Um, do you think that, that, that the way they are and we, treat, we believe them as brothers in Christ and they love in the way that they love, do you think that God has a place for them in this kingdom and that their super strong differences uh, fit as, as well as the super liberal differences that, that we have? That's a hard one. I'm not going to lie. That yeah. is a hard one. Hmm. 
Yes, because if I were to say no, I'd be just like them. Yes, of course, yeah. of course. But it is, it's tough. Mm -hmm. It's tough, especially when uh, emotionally even, it's just hard yep. to, you know. Why not. do you suppose that uh, from the liberal side, we can be, everybody's going to be okay. God is going to work it out. But from their side, nobody's okay. <laughs> I think it's because they, I don't, maybe they just feel like they're killing themselves to be right by God. And yeah. to see someone else who doesn't take it as seriously, it just pisses them off that, that but, we would. But I, do we not take it as seriously? That to them, they might think he d dresses this way. He doesn't take, God. I mean, you don't know what they're thinking. Right. It could, I don't know, but. I, but it's hard when they tell it's that's not how I see it or whatever. That's not how we see it because it's a collective we. Somehow it's more more important than an I. Yeah. I see it differently. Yeah. And they don't like that. They right. don't, you know. They say appeal to the church father. Yes. Appeal, appeal to history. The, how it, yeah. And I can't stand that. It's, you know. Mm -hmm. So, but yes, I, like I said, we got so many emails at the start. You're, how could you be doing this if this, mm -hmm. this isn't spreading God's, I mean, all things that are valid arguments for someone to write in and be like, why are you spending your time? Mm -hmm. But at the time, it's where God had you. Yeah. It's where God had the ministry mm -hmm. and it was reaching people. Yeah. That's the thing, it was reaching people. Mm -hmm. So Jason Wallace, I'm sure is reaching people. God uses him to reach people. That's like, same thing. That's the key. Yeah. Everyone is reaching within their realm and doing their part. Yes, like when we had the guy on, um, what was his name, who was, people wrote in and said, he's crazy, the... Man in white? No, it was later. The guy from Vernal? Yeah, I think who so. Who thought he was a prophet? He thought he, yeah. he was the prophet. Yeah. But he had a great heart for God yeah. and stuff like that, and it, you know, what was, where were we going with that? Oh, but he was reaching, he... Is God reaching him? God is reaching him. Yeah. I lost my point. The point is, are you reaching people for God? Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm sure everybody across the board, God mm -hmm. uses. Mm -hmm. That's the point of the mm. whole thing. That's the whole point of subjective Christianity, mm. you know? But even as liberal as I am, it's hard for me to look at somebody on the polar end and be like, you're Very right difficult. there with me. Yeah, it's hard. It is it's really. The faith is not for the weak, that is for sure. No, it's not. Uh, anything else, Cass? We're taking this really casually. This is how Cass and I, <laughs> we this is how we talk. <laughs> it is very casual. Um, gonna get married, gonna move away from us in less than a month. Anything you want, uh, yeah. Yeah, that is hard. It's a month from t tomorrow. I know. Yeah. A year ago today, he proposed. He's a good guy. He is. He's the best guy. I Yeah, I was going to say that leaving the Mormon church, you're literally leaving an arsenal of, of potential suitors. Mm. I mean, great guys. Mm. Handsome, wealthy for the most. I mean, it's just a culture hall full of, of guys that you are friends with and like and to leave that is tough, mm. it, you know, and I did, and I trusted 
you're going to come through for me somehow with giving me someone who lines up in all the ways. And he did. He certainly did. He did. Matt is, uh, is great. Yeah. Could not have handpicked someone better for you. I'm not kidding you either. You guys are a match made in heaven. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Not to, because we're both freaks. It's not like <laughs> we're I'm gonna leave that out. And it's like they're the only people who would put up with each other. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel like I've been so blessed to spend so much time with my dad, with my parents. I needed that time, and I think God knew that. I've been a homesick child since I was little, and I need you know to ease into things and 28 and still basically living with my parents so what does that tell you <laughs> in a, on a bunk bed on a bunk bed she stays above us in a bunk bed we have adult <laughs> bunk beds which which always sounds sexual to me <laughs> i don't know where that's coming from she's like adult bunk beds it sounds so sick but only in the mind on. of a millennial is it sick I just like, to me, it sounds like camp. <laughs> no, the adults are not supposed to have bunk beds. But I sleep on the top. When Delaney was here, we slept on the top, and my parents sleep below us. Yeah. And when Matt visits, he sleeps on the trundle <laughs> below my parents. What is, I mean. We're a freakish family, that's for sure. Just, yeah, people have no idea. But, uh, yeah, I'm very grateful for my whole life. My parents especially. We're grateful for all you've done for the ministry and all your talents with the, you're gonna continue on though and continue to work and just from Southern California and yeah. keep producing the stuff we uh, need. You're producing the opening for the new shows, which is gonna be really fun to unleash upon the world. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. You guys don't know what's coming. <laughs> we have big surprises for you. It's gonna be awesome. Any final thoughts? I'm just grateful for it all. Really grateful for everybody who has stuck with us, who watches, you know, hundreds, I want to say hundreds of thousands of emails. Mm -hmm. So many people that just have written one line or whatever to give their thanks or that is amazing and that has gotten through us through some hard times you know mm. we're very grateful to the supporters and everybody here just saints really mm. couldn't happen without them well well put one final thing Cass when you came up here you'd left Mormonism and uh, you were involved in the ministry and you tried to get involved in the local scene. I did. You went to Marcus Maher's Revelation teaching. I remember that. <laughs> I was blown away that you were doing that. You'd go to the Mount. That pastor has since left the faith completely. Yeah. You have had some experiences. You had an experience uh, with tongues. I did have an experience with tongues. Uh, that happened at a church. You couldn't believe it. You came home and said, I just can't believe what I saw. Yeah. Tell us what happened. Tell us and just generally size up what that experience was like coming here and saying, there's no Mormon community for me. Mm -hmm. I got to get involved with the established community for my age of people in the Christian faith. How'd it go? It was bad. <laughs> 
It was not. Please don't tell us what you really think. No, I have to. <laughs> it was not. It was hard. And this could have just been because I was your daughter. Could have been. It could have just been that. You know, that's very, very likely. But, you know, is very clicky. Not super welcoming, especially coming. I think it's hard, too, because I came from, like, ministry knowing you have to welcome people and be overly taught to be overly warm and none of that. I didn't find a home. Mm. And, you know, I always, I think of myself as not being a seeker, really. I don't know why I think that, but, but I questioned a lot of what was taught. You know, I don't, just not super, not super good. There were some, you know, a handful of people that are super nice and great, but as a whole, as a whole, Christian churches have just failed me personally. Hmm. And, you know. And you went out and tried. I remember I had nothing to do. I, I never knew where you were going. Sunday. Yeah. I tried. Hmm. I tried. I can go to God and be like, you know, I put myself out there alone and tried. And this was before I got on my uh, yeah, sh current shtick. This is when we were doing the Mormon thing. So it didn't have anything to do with my views, uh, really, I don't think. Could have some, but I, I'm, tell us, I before we wrap it up, just tell the story of what happened with the tongues. This is, this is a fascinating story to me. Don't use names, but just tell us what happened. Do you remember? Yeah, was that some Friday night thing? And, and somebody said, we were reading something talking about tongues. <laughs> it's funny to talk about it now, but the pastor was talking about it and it seemed like the audience, uh, talking about they tongues. They didn't agree with him. They didn't agree with him. They wanted the tongues and he said, no, I don't want to speak in tongues. And something happened where he felt like the general Want, crowd wanted the tongues and he said okay okay I'll talk in tongues and he just starts speaking in tongues and it was like I'd never heard it before it it was like Aladdin or it was really weird Aladdin I'm just like huh? I mean the whole gig and he like apologized I felt so bad for the pastor he's a really nice guy too he really is yeah but it was just just seeing through things like that of like why he got up and he took a stance no we're not doing that that's not for here that's not how it works doesn't work like, like that. that and the whole crowd were like come on that's not true and they the crowd turned on him and so he turned and said okay i'll do it and i i, I feel bad for him too because he felt pressure and what it, it was a, it wasn't like it was just a experience of like you know, not going by the spirit, really. Mm. Of, you know, just kind of still having that, which is hard. I mean, yeah. I understand it happening. A lot of pressure. But it was just, it was very strange for me to experience as my first tongues experience. And I walked away feeling like that wasn't right at all. Or mm. what was that? Yeah. It was so weird. Interesting, so interesting stories we have in our religious walk. Yeah. Well, I uh, love you, my girl, and I'm so grateful for all your years of putting up with me, the, all the shenanigans, the driving me at four in the morning, the picking me up, the car, such the humor, 
the working, the, the fights. This kid has picked my phone up and smashed it. Picked my phone up, looked me in the eye, and smashed it on the asphalt. And I was just gonna kill her. I think she ran then. Uh, we've had fights, we always apologize, we love each other, and she is really a glue that keeps her younger and older sisters uh, and everybody working. She brings it in and they forgive, and, and we're just grateful to God for blessing our family and so grateful to have Cassidy on the show tonight. Love you, girl. Love you, too. Next week, Mallory McCraney, the oldest of the McCraney girls. We'll see you here on Heart of the Matter. I'm on a ride Going nowhere I am an existential cowboy on the And I won't be coming out, I'm going in. This man's awake, a storm's arising, the dawn's awaiting till a hundred monkeys know. And I can feel the light filled monkeys.